0: Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 109. Back-to-back cruises are something many of us dream about doing, and this week, one of our podcast listeners is here to share with us her upcoming plans for a back-to-back cruise on Independence of the Seas. Susan will discuss why she booked a back-to-back cruise, her plans on board Independence of the Seas, and what she's really looking forward to doing. Here we go. I love having all of you join me to talk about your Royal Caribbean cruises. And this week, I'm happy to welcome Susan on the podcast, who is back to back cruises coming up on Independence of the Seas. Now, back to back cruises is something a lot of us dream about because, well, it's an opportunity to double up on the cruise fun. And Susan is living the dream for us. So welcome to the podcast, Susan. Hi, Matt. Glad to have you on here. I know that, uh, you know, whenever we talk about people getting excited for cruises, everyone's always excited. But. Back to back cruises, man, I am jealous of you. So let's talk about why did you what, what compels you to book a back to back? Is this your first back-to-back or, no, back to back or no this back to
1: back This is our third back to back. we did a back to back on the Liberty back in two thousand ten and a back to back on the Oasis in two thousand twelve. And originally, this was not going to be a back-to-back. We had planned the second week first. Uh, I had high school friends who had listened to me talk about cruising. They had seen my pictures. They saw the video that I took going down the uh, zip line in Labadee. And they said, why don't you plan a group cruise? So that's what started all of this, and uh, the prices were really, really good when we first booked, and my husband said, well, we like doing back-to-backs, why don't we do a back-to-back? So that's what encouraged us to do a back-to-back. We like the idea of one flight and two cruises. It really saves (laughs)
0: That's a great point. So, uh, so obviously you've so obviously done you've done two or two, two or three other back-to-backs, as you mentioned. Uh, so obviously you enjoy the experience. Tell, tell us, uh, talk to our listeners about, you know, you're going on the same ship, different itinerary because you're probably sailing maybe east and west. Exactly. Talk to us about, about, I don't know if it's a concern, but, you know, the idea that, you know, how do you keep, do different things during the other week, right? So it's not like, is it is it, are you repeating a lot of the same things from week to week or are you kind of, you know, doing some things on week one and some things on week two?
1: Well, um, it depends upon the ship. Now, on the Oasis, we thoroughly enjoyed both weeks. And we were so wowed by the shows that we did take in every show both weeks. And uh, we really enjoyed all the shows. Um, On the Liberty, the shows were okay. Uh, We did go to see most of them, again, the second week But what we feel like is uh, whatever we want to do the second week. If we feel like going to the show, fine. If we don't, well, we've seen it already. Um, So it's no big deal. Usually we take in um, the ice show twice because we really enjoy the ice shows. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and then if we miss something the first week, we make sure we catch it the second week sometimes on c days when they have um different things going on sometimes there'll be two things going on at the same time and i'm like well i want to do both of them and this way i get to do one one week and the other the other week
0: there you go that's a great it's a great idea now, one yeah. of the things I was interested about you would email, and me, you mentioned that actually you had booked two different staterooms, and a lot of people who do back-to-backs always talk about, well, you always got to book the same stateroom twice, so talk to us a little bit about your decision here, because it looks like you, tell us the staterooms you booked, and then kind of your thought process in terms of uh, you know, planning all this, and in, in terms of the strategy behind it.
1: Well, as I said, we planned the second week first, mm-hmm. and that was going to be the group cruise, Uh, We booked a junior suite because we thought as group leaders we'd be having people over to our cabin. Some of these friends of mine I haven't seen since 1969, so I would love to spend time in a quiet place talking with them. Um, Plus, the double uh, crown and anchor points really... Uh, Appeal to us and with being group leaders uh, we knew we'd get a little bit of a discount back and at that time booking under the uh, buy one get one half off the price the difference between a balcony and a junior suite was only a few hundred dollars and so my husband said yeah go with it it wasn't until a couple weeks later that we decided to book um, this, the first week. And um, in doing so, we decided, well, it just wasn't going to be in the budget to get a junior suite two weeks in a row. So um, we have a balcony. It's one of the hump balconies. So that's something we've always wanted to uh, try. We are balcony people. We love sitting out on our balconies. And uh, I've heard about the hump balcony being a little bit bigger. So I'm anxious to see if that's true.
0: Yeah, on the Radiance class, they are massive. We had one on Jewel of the Seas. And it was, I mean, they had, you had room for regular chairs, you know, uh, lounge chairs, and then some. So I'm, I'm really curious to see, Susan, hope you'll share with us your experience of the Hump balconies here on Independence of the Seas, which, of course, is a uh, Freedom Class ship.
1: Uh, right. I de- yeah, I definitely will be taking lots of pictures.
0: <laughs> awesome. That's, that's what I love. I love, uh, love looking at it. Nothing says better than a photo, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to also bring in something I think is really smart that you did. You're traveling with a group and we actually think I talked about this maybe last week on the podcast, where the advantage if you're going with at least, you know, eight cabins or if you're thinking about going in a large group, you know, exploring the idea of making a group reservation because there are certain benefits to it. Obviously you as the group leader retain some of those benefits and in addition to that you also have it, it makes it I'm sure a lot easier to manage everybody's bookings and kind of coordinate things all together, right?
1: Well, I have a travel agent who's taking care of all those details. All I did was uh, post it on our Facebook class page and uh, just contact people. Uh, My travel agent even had uh, set up a little um, web page for us that I could send people to. And then he took care of everything. Uh, I've basically... Taking care of nothing yet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, no, that's great. I think you did. I think you did it perfectly. We actually, I wrote a blog post about uh, weddings uh, on Royal Caribbean Blog I'll post the link in the show notes to it if you want to check it out. Uh, but the the idea is still the same. You're going with a lot of people who have a lot of different needs, right? Maybe you're going with first time cruisers. Maybe you're going with people that have different requests. Whatever the case may be, let the travel agent deal with all that. Let the travel agent coordinate everything, and you get the advantage of having them in your back pocket, literally to you know, take advantage of this whole thing and that way you're all together but you're letting someone else do the work and it's absolutely no additional cost to you so I love that you're using a travel agent for this I think it's just going to make your life so much easier
1: oh yeah and he notified us a few weeks ago that his birthday is the week that we will be on our cruise and he is going to be joining us awesome so that'll be interesting because uh, I have never met him in person I've only talked to him on the phone so, it'll be a, a unique week for us. And we, and it has been nice because uh, most of the people going are my age, senior citizens. Yet, uh, one of the women has uh, quite a few of her family members coming. So, we're going to have as young as almost eight years old. Her grandson's coming. And then... Um, some that are in their 30s, and then most of us in our early 60s. So uh, it is a unique group. Um, I am leaving pretty much everything open to whatever anybody wants to do. That's fine.
0: Sure. That's, I think it's the right way to do it. Just leave it, you know, it's simple. It's not like you have to You know, have some sort of a dictatorial schedule that people have to adhere to. Just make it easy. It's a vacation, Right. Right. Absolutely. Let's talk about some of your your, uh, plans on board the ship, Susan. Uh, How about dining? Do you have any specialty dining lined up for either cruise?
1: Um, No, we haven't yet. Uh, We've been thinking about uh, Giovanni's Table, Um, and that's probably the only one we're going to do. Uh, We did do chops on the Explorer one year, and my husband was not real happy with it. So, um, yeah, he said the tables were real crowded together. The service wasn't that friendly. And quite frankly, the steak he had was only so-so. But uh, we'll probably try Giovanni's table at least once in the two weeks. And um, other than that, we're doing my time dining. I am arra- going to arrange for the first night of the second week of the cruise uh, to get a, a large table for the group of us that went to high school together and our spouses. Uh, but other than that, I have no formal plans.
0: Okay. Uh, what, about, what about on board the ship? Are you, are you going to be doing the flow rider, Susan? No.
1: <laughs> my husband I don't blame won't, you. My husband won't let me. He's afraid I'm going to get broken. And, <laughs> um, but uh, no, I, I, I wouldn't try that. Uh, he tried it several years ago. But, uh, yeah, we're getting older. We're not going to try that. Yeah, we're we're gonna, the kind that like to sit around the solarium, in the solarium pool, uh, reading our Kindles. That's about it for us for adventure these days. Hey, uh,
0: that sounds like a great way to spend a couple of weeks at sea, because it's certainly better than being at home, right?
1: Oh, exactly. Exactly. Uh, but um, on the ship... Um, I do like to go to the art auction, not to purchase anything, but they do have free champagne. And when you leave the art auction, you get a print, a free print. And uh, I have decorated with them. So um, I do frame them and put them up. And it reminds us of our cruise. It's a little souvenir.
0: Uh, That's a great idea.
1: Yeah, and then when my friends are on the ship, uh, there are several of them who are into scrapbooking. So we'll probably do the scrapbooking class.
0: Nice. That's, that sounds like a very relaxing cruise an opportunity for you to really just, you know, enjoy your time with these. After all, you're not only are you on vacation, but you're on vacation with friends from high school. It's time to, you know, spend time with them, right? And kind of reconnect and exactly and really get to know each other.
1: Exactly. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that part.
0: Cool. Uh lastly, let's talk about your plans for the islands. I'm assuming you're gonna be visiting quite a number of ports because you're doing a back-to-back. Is there any are there some excursions that kind of stand out in your mind as to what you're planning on doing?
1: Well, we have one excursion each week. The first week, um we're getting we're going to um Puerto Rico. We don't arrive until four o'clock in the evening. Um, we have listened to your podcast on Puerto Rico. Depending upon how we feel, we may take a cab up to one of the forts and walk down through Old San Juan back to the ship. Uh, but otherwise, we'll stay on the ship. Uh, Saint Martin, uh, we may get around, get out, and walk around the port. Um, but we have no excursion there. Now, St. Kitts, we are going to do a dolphin encounter. Uh, that's something we've never done. And our travel agent for that week gave us a credit uh, on booking an excursion through him. So we decided dolphin encounter sounds pretty cool.
0: That's the uh, plans.
1: Yeah, now, second week is Labity. Now, that's our favorite port, absolutely favorite place. Yeah. Now, we've done the zip line twice. So, we're going to stay on the beach and just watch friends come down the zip line. And we're going to try for a cabana because after listening to you, my husband is sold on the idea of getting (laughs) a cabana. So, what I'm hoping is during the first week, I could go to shore excursions and get at the top of the list. Usually, at the end of the first week, they say, "Do you have any reservations you want us to make? What can we do for you next week?" So I'm, I'm hoping to get at the top of the list for that. Absolutely. Although I'm just, dis- I'm disappointed that they up the price so much. Did you see that?
0: How much are they it's- charging now?
1: Three hundred.
0: Oh, is it? Has it gone up again?
1: It's, I it's, think it's- uh, yeah. Three I to three
0: fifty. Three to three fifty. Well, you know, I still think it's a great <laughs> it's a great way to spend. Oh yeah, I would still yeah, my, I would still my do
1: husband it. sold on that. Yes, yeah. and of course we want to sit back and have a Labadoozy Just for re- there you go. Relax. There you
0: go. <laughs> it sounds like the perfect uh, day on the perfect perfect day I could ever plan, Susan. And and I just want to remind all our listeners if if they're unclear about what we're talking about, the uh, cabanas labadie are only available to sweet guests to book in advance. However non-sweet guests can go to the shore excursions desk when you get on board. You should do this like the first day of your cruise. And there's a waiting list you can be put on. And usually, within reason, you'll have a pretty good chance of getting one because not all of them get booked up. Um, this is probably one of the advantages of Royal Caribbean, adding more and more Cabanas over the years. So uh, this is what Susan is doing. And I'm telling you, this is a Labadee, Labadoozzi, Lab-a-D, and Cabana. Watching people coming down the zip line, it sounds, it sounds like perfection to me.
1: Oh, yeah, that's what we see. Uh, Falmouth, Jamaica, we'll, we are planning to just walk over to Margaritaville, swim in their pool, and get a drink and get back there on the know. ship. Grand Cayman, we're taking a catamaran to Stingray City. We've done Stingray City before, and it is just amazing. So that was one thing my husband definitely wanted to do. Uh, Cozumel will probably be staying on the ship. Uh, one time when we were there, we did do an underwater scooter, which was loads of fun. But um, we, we think we'll probably stay on the ship.
0: Sounds good, and, oh, Susan, oh, go ahead, Susan. Sorry.
1: Well, that's about it. That's oh. that's the two weeks. Yeah.
0: Awesome. It sounds like a great time. I got to tell you, and you're going to be on a fabulous ship. I think. I'm hoping you're going to have great weather for all of this. And uh, before I let you go, Susan, I want, of course, want to get to le- get to know you a little bit better. So uh, I'm going to ask you a couple quick questions about your Royal Caribbean cruising and uh, just tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. Are you ready? Okay. All right. Favorite restaurant on a Royal Caribbean ship?
1: That would be the Solarian Bistro on the oh, Oasis. Um, we would go there for breakfast and lunch and there were virtually no lines. Now, since refurbishing, I know they changed it over for the evening, uh, but when we were there they had the most amazing bison steak for dinner Ooh. and both weeks we went and had bison steak it was amazing
0: preferred drink while on a Royal Caribbean cruise
1: oh Labadoosie
0: there you go this is why Susan made this podcast people if you're wondering how did Susan get on the podcast that's why uh, favorite port of call to visit
1: definitely Labadoosie
0: <laughs> Labadee Labadoosie nice <laughs> and how about this Your
1: Labadee <laughs>
0: Favorite song on the radio iPod today?
1: Uh, we made a vacation playlist, and the song that keeps going through my mind is Knee Deep by Zach Brown.
0: Zach I Brown love that Band. song. Zach nice.
1: Brown Band, Knee Deep.
0: Yes. Well, I think there's odds are you may hear that song when you're in Margaritaville over in uh, five I, because it's I, right up that alley. I think so. Yes. <laughs> Susan, have a great time. I can't <laughs> wait to hear back from you about your experiences.
1: Oh, sure. We'll let you know. Thanks for having me on that.
0: I think Susan's going to have a lot of fun on that cruise, back to back with lots of old friends. I think she's doing it right. She gets one week with the friends, one week to just relax on her own. And it's back to back. So it sounds like she's going to have a great time on board that ship. And, you know, of course, we love having our listeners on this podcast. It's not just about me talking. I want to have as many of you as possible. And that continues with our email this week. In fact, we actually have a iTunes review to read. As always, I read all the reviews you leave because if you take the time to write an iTunes review, I will take the time to read them. It's the least I can do is a thank you for helping out the podcast. And our review this week is from Queen City Cruisers. Great name. I am a regular listener to Matt's weekly podcast. In fact, I have every one of them downloaded on my iPod at all times. Matt's podcasts are a staple in my pre-cruising ritual because his excitement over being loyal to Royal is how I feel on every Royal Caribbean cruise I sail. He is well-balanced and shares my nitty-gritty of Royal Caribbean cruising. He is my go-to guy for great, practical, informative cruising tips. Matt's podcast is the granddaddy of Royal Caribbean cruising. That's awesome. <laughs> thank you so much for the review. That's very nice, and I appreciate that. Thank you. And, of course, thank you to everybody who's loved reviews, not just uh, the Queen City cruisers here, but everybody from all going back months and months and months. You guys are awesome first email this week is going to be coming from Bridget Swart of Gainesville, Virginia. My family and I leave for a nine-night Royal Caribbean cruise to New England and Canada on Liberty of the Seas in 38 days. We are super excited, and I am the Uber planner of the group. If you can believe it, I'm spending a lot of the time planning for the boat more than planning for the ports. We have a great itinerary going to Boston, Portland, Bar Harbor, St. John, New Brunswick, and Halifax, Nova Scotia. And I'm concerned we may not have enough time on the ship. I'm sure you are familiar with this problem. Yes, I am. Look forward to hearing from you. Now, Bridget, this is an interesting email because I've dealt with this exact problem before. Going to going on a Royal Caribbean cruise to many ports, and you start to wonder, am I going to have enough time on the ship? This happened to me on Jewel of the Seas because we were on a itinerary, Southern Caribbean itinerary. That was, what, seven nights and six ports. I mean, it's just one sea day. And I love port days, but, you know, having a little bit more time on the ship is always welcome. The thing that I would tell you is, number one, one of my tips for everybody, is always arrive on embarkation day. It's the day no one really thinks about, but if you arrive at, say, you know, 10, 11 o'clock in the morning, you're you're going to be on board by around 11 or, geez 12 at the latest. And that's going to give you a good half a day, if not longer. You know, I mean, 12 o'clock to whenever you go to bed, let's say you go to sleep, Maybe you're an old geezer like myself and go to sleep you know, by 10 o'clock. You're on board the ship for a good 11, 12 hours, depending on when you get on board. That's a lot of time. And that's a great... Embarkation day is a great day to explore and do a lot of things. The other thing you have to keep in mind is look at the times you're in port. Sometimes you're only in port for a couple of hours. Now, I know in this itinerary, you're not going very far. I mean, the distance between Boston and Portland to Bar Harbor, I mean, you're only talking... I mean, you can drive the distance, really. So, obviously, the cruise ship's not going to be going very far, but keep in mind that there is obviously that other time and you don't have to spend all every single hour in port if there's a port you're visiting that perhaps is not that interesting for whatever reason or you've only got something that's going to take a little bit of time there's still time i guess what i'm trying to say is there is more time than you think but obviously planning ahead is probably a good idea Bridget and i think you got the right idea and i'd love to hear about your experience Bridget so please send me an email about your New England cruise i think it's a great idea and i i personally am really hoping we can do a New England cruise my my dream my dream New England cruise is to leave out of, obviously, the Northeast somewhere, so either Boston or New York, and sail up to all these ports that you mentioned. My goal is to make it to all the way to Quebec uh, because I've always wanted to visit Quebec, and doing a cruise that goes down, uh, I think it's the St. Lawrence River, that to me seems like the coolest thing in the world. So I would love to do that one day, and I'm, I'm hoping we'll hear some good stuff from you, Bridget, on your experience. Thank you for the email. Next, we have an email from Jeremy Lazara, is a new podcast listener from San Francisco, California. First and foremost, great blog and podcast. I've been listening to your podcast almost religiously since first discovering it about a month ago. I listen to them while commuting to work, hanging out, or even while training for my future marathon. Keep up the great work. You are a wealth of knowledge in this industry. I'll be sailing on the Independence of the Seas soon (laughs) on an Eastern Caribbean itinerary. I grew up cruising with my family, and this will be my girlfriend's first cruise. I've selected my time dining for our dining options and hoping it will give us an opportunity to keep the uh, fun in there as with previous cruises i've been on i really enjoyed the classic dining style which allowed us to go to know our ways of among other things can you let me know the benefits of my time dining and its pros and cons to classic dining do my time dining participants still eat in the main dining room how early should i make reservations for our dining time with the two of us would we be paired up at a larger table with a new group each night clearly i have a lot of questions here for my time dining my time dining is a new experience for me and any advice would be greatly appreciated great email jeremy and i think this is actually some really good questions you bring up First of all, I'm going to post a link in our show notes to a blog post we recently did about My Time Dining. It's very informative. It's kind of a, a frequently asked question, essentially, about My Time Dining. And My Time Dining is a great option for people who really want to have flexibility. So there's, there's pros and cons. Let me explain what My Time Dining is first. If you don't know about it, you have traditional dining, which is what many of you probably have done in the past, which is you go on the ship. There's two sets of dining times, usually 6 and 8 o'clock p.m. You go to one or the other but your dining every day is always at the same time. You get the same table and the same waitstaff. With my time dining, it's kind of a play on traditional dining. The thing is, instead of having a set time, you make reservations or you show up. It's kind of like almost like going to a restaurant in your local town, right? You can call ahead and make a reservation and the table's waiting for you, or you can show up and hope that there's not too much of a wait. It's essentially the same thing with my time dining. You have the opportunity to be able to sit. uh, There's a, a number of tables, and one of your questions was, do you eat in the main dining room? Yes, the main dining room on many Royal Caribbean ships is usually two or three decks high, and that means that there's different decks for different kinds of dining. So usually one deck is for traditional. Usually the lower deck is for traditional dining, and then you'll have another deck somewhere over there for my time dining. So it's the same area, but you they kind of segregate the my time from the traditional in terms of uh, from a deck basis. Anyway, you have the option, obviously, of making reservations. One of the things that the key to my time dining is making reservations. I know it kind of like flies in the face of the idea. The idea I think that most people think about my time is that, oh, when I'm hungry, I'll show up. The thing is, is it gets very crowded, very busy during prime time. Prime time is usually between the hours of, let's say, six 630 to 730 or 8 o'clock. Now, if you eat dinner before or after that, so if you eat dinner around 5 o'clock or, or after 8 o'clock, you know, 9 o'clock or something like that, you'll have no problem. You can absolutely do this. It's not really a problem. The issue is... If you just show up without a reservation during these prime times, you'll you'll likely run into a wait. Now, it's not impossible. It's not like they're going to say, you know, sir, madam, you can't come in here. We don't have any room for you. No, no, no. But you may have to wait. So what you should do is try to make reservations in advance. You can do this online. You can also do it on the ship. But doing it online obviously gives you the opportunity to do it in advance, and that's just going to give you more selections. And... I know it – again, this goes back into the thing, well, if I'm doing my time, don't I want to eat when I'm actually hungry instead of having set times? I would look at it more like, well, look at your itinerary, and if there's a port – maybe you're in St. Thomas one day, and you know in St. Thomas you're going to be there until – I'm just making up these numbers here, by the way. But you know, you're know, you going to be there until 7 o'clock, and you are you probably think your short would go very late into that time. So maybe you make your reservation for that night, you know, nine o'clock. So you have plenty of time in St. Thomas. Whereas on another day, on c day, you make your dinner at five thirty or six o'clock because hey, there's not much else going on in terms of you know your activities on board. Again, these are the ideas that you should do, and that's essentially how I would kind of attack it. So the pros are you get the more flexibility. The cons are it requires arguably more planning in that regard. Uh, the other question you had, and you asked how early should you make reservations? I would do it as soon as you know, have any inkling of what time. You can always change them. Don't forget, they're not written in stone, and they can be changed. And you know what? If there's one day you make a reservation for 8 o'clock, and you know what? It's 7 o'clock, and you're really hungry, and you have nothing else to do, show up. What's the worst that happens? You're waiting on an hour, another hour? It's the same difference, right? The other question you had was with the two of, two of you, would you be paired up at a large table with the new group? Essentially, it's kind of come down to availability. So, if you show up and they've got a two-top table available, hey, they'll be happy to seat you there. But if they say, you know, sir, madam, we can only seat you at a table of six right now, but you can be seated right now, that's the kind of thing. You may have to, if you want a specific request, like you want to have a smaller table, you wanted to sit by the window, Royal Caribbean will be happy to work with you. Just keep in mind you may have to wait a little bit longer. So, hopefully, that answers your emails, Jeremy. Good luck, and I would love to hear your experience with My Time Dining, if you liked it or if you're going to go back to traditional dining. Great emails this week. Let's keep it going here with Tim Bolton, who writes, My wife and I are embarking on our first cruise ever to celebrate my 30th birthday. We'll be departing on September 19th out of Port Everglades for seven nights. We'll be visiting Nassau, St. Thomas, and St. Martin. I would love some insight on can't-miss-things or hidden gems. Love the podcast and helped us make our decision to try out Royal Caribbean. Tim, that's awesome, dude. Welcome aboard. I hope you really enjoy it. You didn't mention which ship you're sailing on, but I'm guessing it's one of the Oasis-class ships since you're going on... Out of Port Everglades, but I'm guessing that's the case. He may be on a different ship. Anyway, so hidden gems or some insight. Well, I can't give you any ship specifics. I don't know what ship you're sailing on. I would, of course, recommend some basics for you. Number one, show up early. Dude, don't show up at like 1 (laughs) o'clock. Make sure you get there. I get there. If I was you, I would be parking my car around 9, 30, 10 o'clock. That's just me. It's excitement. I think you're going to be just as excited as I am. I remember... This happens every cruise. The night before, I sleep terribly because I'm just too excited. We wake up. It's like Christmas morning. You wake up really early, and it's like, well, the sun is sort of coming out. Let's just get up and go. And, you know, it's just arrived at the port early. That's definitely uh, something you're going to want to take advantage of. Uh, the other thing you want to make sure you do embarkation day, explore the ship as a brand new cruiser. You don't want to get your bearings. That's doesn't take very long. You just need to walk around a little bit. Take advantage of, you know, the areas. Uh, there's these. What's great about on uh, most of the Royal Caribbean ships out there, especially these days, you have these wayfinders. And when you get to any of the elevator banks, essentially those lobbies, you're going to find these interactive kiosks, these screens, they're essentially large TVs, and you can interact with them. You can tell them, you know, you can say, oh, "What's what's going on right now?" and I'll show you the cruise compass. You can tell it, "Hey, I'd like to get from where I am right now to the Royal Theater. How do I get there?" And it will actually give you directions, kind of like Google Maps. In fact, I think they worked with Google on this. So It's a pretty cool technology. and something you definitely want to take advantage of. Uh, In terms of the ports, I mean, Nassau, there's, you know, if you've never been to Nassau before, walk off the ship. There's a little bit of a shopping area right on, I believe it's Water Street or Market Street. I forget, but it's basically this main street over there. A little bit of shopping to do. I think it's worth going off the ship for your first time to go uh, see, you know, just do a little bit of, walking up and down the street, it's perfectly fine. St. Thomas, man, it's about beaches in St. Thomas. In fact, St. Thomas and St. Martin are about beaches. Uh, we did actually have a really fun excursion in St. Thomas, the skyride to Paradise Point. I'll post a link in our show notes to that if you want to read a review of our experience. That was really cool. Basically, you take a cable car up to this mountain to the very top, and you have a fantastic view of the area below in terms of uh, where your ship is and the harbor. It's just beautiful. And then go into Town Goat. You can go into Charlotte de Malier, which is the capital of St. Thomas, and do a little bit of shopping, and then round it out with a nice beach stop. It's not a bad way to spend St. Martin, uh, St. Thomas. And St. Martin, man, St. Martin, we've done podcasts about St. Martin. I'll post the link in the show notes to uh, those podcasts as well. Uh, there's a lot to do in St. Martin. My favorite thing is definitely the beaches. You, I think you'd probably be best served for your 30th birthday. Go over to the French side. Go to Marigot. There's some beautiful beaches. Orient Beach is just amazing. One of my favorite beaches in the whole world. So in both St. Thomas and St. Martin, just grab a cab driver off the ship. Basically, you just walk out. Sooner or later, you're going to run into them. Negotiate the rate. Make sure you understand what you're paying. And, of course, also discuss how you're going to get back, if they're going to wait for you or if you're going to call them. In St. Thomas, if you have certain uh, cell phone carriers, you can actually use your cell phone just like you would in the United States. But anyway, it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, otherwise, when you're on the ship, explore the activities. Read the cruise compass. Every night, you're going to get a newspaper in your stateroom. It's called the cruise compass. It'll be delivered on on your bed. Read it every evening. Look for the fun things. Just bring a highlighter and literally highlight the things. You can rip out the back page with all the activities and stuff it in your pocket and just try to take it all in. I mean, my thing is always just try to take, try to sample a lot of the different activities that are out. there. There's a lot of great shows. The entertainment is bar now. One of my favorite things to do, do some bar hopping, try out some different drinks. I think Tim, you're here for a great time and I would love to hear about your experiences when you get back. Next up, we have an email from Brandon in Dallas. Listening to your podcast right now, just wanted to comment on your decision to ride the gondola, the gondola, gondola—that's gondola, the word—up to Paradise Point. I've been there twice. The last time on my Lure of the Seas cruise last year, and really enjoyed the view. Wanted to share a couple of pictures I took from there. One is the panorama of the view that I used the zoom on my camera to take a cool shot of the yachts docked below as well. And he did share some really cool photos. This is really nice. Wow. Dude, well done with the photos. I like the, I think it's called the tilt shift is the effect that you've used here, but I'll put some of the link, the photos rather, in our show notes. Man, there's going to be a lot of stuff in the show notes this week, so if you want to find our show notes, by the way, I always say that, but I never say where they are, just go to com. go to the podcast page for this episode, and you'll see all the links and stuff and photos, in this case, that Brandon took, and I agree, Brandon. We had a great time going to Skyride. As you heard, I just recommended it. So it was a lot of fun. What I liked about it was, A, you could go anytime you wanted. You purchase the tickets on your Royal Caribbean ship, but you can go anytime you want. It's kind of like, you know, you just have tickets and you just show up and they'll take you. We went there nice and early. First thing we got up there, it was beautiful. Just an amazing view. I mean, we probably spent... 20 minutes up there just taking the view and i'm not sure you could spend i mean you're not gonna spend a day up there right i mean you're not even gonna spend half a day up there unless you just sat at the bar and had drinks which hey not a bad way to spend your day either but the view is just amazing and it's just it's bring a camera geez if you don't bring a camera you're doing yourself a disservice but we had a great time and it was definitely worth the money and just just a lot of fun so uh i agree great thing and i appreciate you sharing your insight and your your photos here so thank you brandon Next, we have an email from Collier, who writes, What are your thoughts on the pros and cons of the new MGM M-Life partnership, and whether it will have a benefit to get cruising prices or better prices on cruises, exception, of course, the free cruise? This is a good question. So this is actually a couple of years ago now. Royal Caribbeans partnered with MGM, the, the Las Vegas casino group. You know, So if you've ever been to Las Vegas, they actually have, I think, casinos in other cities like Atlantic City. But anyway... They're a casino group, and uh, they had this partnership that Royal Caribbean announced a deal with, where essentially, if you're a member of MGM's, and and I'm assuming I wrote this right, if you're a member of MGM's M-Life, which is kind of their Crown and Anchor Society, essentially, it's their customer loyalty program, you can kind of have some crossover between that and Crown and Anchor. So if you ever go to an MGM hotel, your Crown and Anchor Society membership will get you a certain level of status over there. It's almost like when if you ever cruise with one of Royal Caribbean's sister companies, Uh, Like uh, Celebrity Cruises or Azamara, your crown and anchor status will translate over and get you a a level of equal treatment, so to speak. Now, your question is, is it going to get better pricing on cruises? I'm not so sure that's going to do anything like that. What it really is is kind of the idea, and I'm no marketing expert, but I perceive the idea being that, well, you know, Royal Caribbean's always looking to get new clientele, so is MGM. So in this way, if you advertise, hey, you're a member of the M-Life, you know, for MGM, did you know you want a Royal Caribbean cruise and, you know, your M-Life levels of uh, loyalty translate over? And for a lot of people, that may be the thing to say, hey, I'm going to try a Royal Caribbean cruise instead of maybe another cruise line I was thinking about. And the same is for vice versa. People who are Royal Caribbean Crown and Anchor Society members might be going to Las Vegas or Atlantic City and they want to stay in a hotel and, hey, oh yeah, I heard we can use our Crown and Anchor Society level to get a special perks at one of the MGM hotels. That's essentially the deal. I'm not sure that it's ever going to translate into better pricing. The other thing you should consider is there's actually a little game, uh, a smartphone app game you can play called My Vegas. And the first thing I heard about this, I thought this was a scam, but it's legit. Basically, it's this game you can download for free. Go to your smartphone, uh, you know, Google Play or iTunes. Download it for free. And you play this game, and if you get a certain amount of points, and there's a lot of points, trust me, but you can earn free things on a Royal Caribbean ship. It also, I think, translates to uh, to MGM Hotels as well. But it's called MyVegas, M-Y-V-E-G-A-S. I'll post the link in the show notes to it as well, so you can check that out. And it's basically an opportunity for you to earn... I believe it earns you things like maybe onboard credit or a free drink or something like that. You have to play a lot of it. I think there is, actually, at the end of the day, if you play, like you get a bazillion points That's an estimate. (laughs) You can get actually a free cruise. But, I mean, you're going to have to play this game a lot in order for it to uh, ever come out. But I know there are people I've heard of, a lot of people actually who play the game because, look, they're going to play something on their commute. Maybe they take the train or something like that. May as well earn some money. And to that, I say that's a great idea. So check all that out there. And hopefully that answers your question. And I think our last email this week is going to be coming from Michael Vital. Michael's a great guy. Let me tell you something. He's always talking to him on social media. So, Michael, pleasure to read your email. Sir, he's from uh, North Richland Hills, Texas. And Michael writes, like any other blue-butted American, I'm a sports nut. The one thing I was disappointed by was on Navigator these last year was that they didn't show any football on the pool screen. Certainly, they realized that sailing out of Galveston is a predominantly American port and that the first week of September is the first weekend of the NFL season. After reading that the World Cup matches were shown on the Giants screen at the pool, I was sure they would show the first NFL game, traditionally, on Thursday night, the week of the cruise. Can you imagine the boisterous, fun crowd that would gather for such a memorable way to watch the first game of the season? I'm aware they show movies in the evening, but I think that would be a special event that a lot of people would enjoy. I can imagine the selfies and videos being sent back with the caption, Here's how we watch the game. Like I said, I was so sure that they would show it that I never even thought the requested to suggest a request to get services beforehand. This year, I surely will. What do you think? Uh-huh. Michael, I think I agree with you on all points. I'm surprised that they didn't show it. I would say, I guess my question for you is, did they not show it on the on the large screen by the pool, or did they not show it at all? Because I would suspect, I would expect, rather, that you'd be able to find it, perhaps, at one of the bars on board the ship, as opposed to not finding it anywhere on board. Uh, that would be kind of a surprise to me. I've been on cruises where they've shown uh, NFL games, certainly things something like the Super Bowl, They'll do that as well, Uh, but it's interesting. I'm I'm not sure what to say other than you obviously should inquire about it because maybe there is a bar that shows. The other thing, of course, Royal Caribbean will tell you is they have their satellite television service is not like they're getting you know Direct TV or something like that you get from home, right? It's not quite a one to one. They have a special thing that they have to arrange, and that's why you kind of see like when you're looking at CNN or ESPN, you're getting like the international versions even though you may be selling out of an American port. I won't begin to pretend to know <laughs> the rules about television broadcast rights and how it all works, but I think it's all kind of related to each other in that there's kind of a, there's a reason behind it. It's not just that someone at Royal didn't feel like flipping the channel over. I think it's, they're somewhat limited in what they can do, but I know that they have shown games in the past, so I don't know. Maybe you just have to ask about it. You never know. Maybe, maybe it is. Someone who has to flip a switch. But if I were you, Michael, I would absolutely say something on your next cruise when you get on board. Talk to the cruise director and say, hey, you know, there's uh, some NFL games coming up this this week. I would love to know if there's somewhere on board I can see it. And uh, you never know. I mean, maybe they'll tell you, I'm sorry, we got nothing. Or maybe they'll say, you know what? This bar over here is going to be showing it. Who knows? Whatever the case may be. But, uh, yeah, let it, good luck with it, Michael. I hope that they'll be showing it for you. And uh, go. You're from Texas and you're from Dallas. So I'm guessing you're a Cowboys fan, so. Go Cowboys. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. Don't forget, if you want to send us your emails, I'd love to hear from you as well. My email is matt m a t t at royalcaribbeanblog.com. I read every single email you guys send in. It may take a little bit to get to it, but I promise I will read them. So please, please, please continue sending them in. They're, they're amazing. I really love these emails. And it, it just makes it so much more fun that we get to talk together every week and you know share a little bit of Royal Caribbean experience. So whether you have a question or maybe you have a port suggestion, I love short excursion suggestions. Or... Maybe you read something on the blog and you want to talk about it, I'd love to hear about it. So email me Matt M A T T at Royal blog.com So, until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.